Welcome to our worship with Houston and Killillen Kirk. God has called us into his presence. Wherever we come from, God welcomes us. Wherever we are, we are in his church. Good morning. Welcome to everyone joining us at Houston and Killillen Kirk for worship. In some parts of Scotland and Northern England, this Sunday is called Calling Sunday. Traditionally, a dish of parched peas cooked in butter was eaten on this day. In other Christian traditions, the fifth Sunday of Lent is Passion Sunday. It marks the final two weeks of Lent, ending on Holy Saturday, the start of the Passion Tide. Let us join with Christians all around the world in the Passion Tide. Let us worship God. The hour has come to let go the cares and worries of the week that has passed. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Jesus calls us to serve and to follow him. Jesus promises us that we shall be with him. Come, be with him now. Serve him. Follow him and give glory to God. Amen. Our first hymn is hymn 510, Jesus Calls Us Here to Meet Him.
let us pray. Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, in this season of Lent, on this the first day of Passion Tide, we turn our hearts towards you. As your son turned his face towards Jerusalem, as he prepared himself for trials and agony, crucifixion and death, we come to you. Let us be mindful of Jesus' sacrifice. Let us be grateful for his love and compassion. Let us become part of his story of change and transformation. God of mercy and compassion, in your presence we become aware of our shortfalls. We acknowledge that we rather follow our own ideas and plans than trusting in your guidance. We know that we are too hasty in our thoughts and deeds and lack the patience and the confidence to wait for you. We admit that we love ourselves more than we loved our neighbors. And yet, Father, in your Son, your love is among us. And yet, Father, through your Son, your mercy reinstates us. Loving Father, we worship you, the Almighty One. We adore you as a just one. We glorify you, the loving one. Surrounded and comforted by your forgiveness, we are now bold to pray the prayer which unites us worldwide as your family of one church. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us for evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, our intimations, the food bank continues to be collected on a Tuesday at the West Halls, 10 till 12 noon and 7 till 8 p.m. This week and next week there will be the opportunity to give an Easter egg donation to the STAR project which was subject to a fire. So please support that if you can. A full list of our programmes are online with Frankie and details are on Facebook and the internet. And it's with delight that from next Sunday, Palm Sunday, we're permitted to have worship in the kirk with 50 people. So from Palm Sunday there will be services each Sunday in the kirk at 9.30 and 11. Booking is essential and there's a link in our Facebook page and the website. And each Sunday we'll be able to be booked two weeks in advance. In addition, in Holy Week, in Monday Thursday at 7pm, and that's BYOC, bring your own communion. Bring small elements to share in the sacrament together. And Good Friday at 7pm. Also, the early Easter service in the kirkyard. Again, bring your own communion and booking is required for all services. There's a big birthday this week. Ross Jackson celebrated his 40th birthday on Friday. A very happy birthday to you, Ross. Our anthem, Be Still My Soul.
Alexander. Let's listen for God's word. Today's reading is from the Gospel of John, reading from chapter 12, verses 20 to 33. Jesus predicts his death. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it eternal for life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also will be. My father will honour the one who serves me. Now my soul is trou troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for the very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, 
This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for, the, for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Laura, Stephanie, Matthew for our anthem and to Megan for our reading. Our next hymn, 374, From Heaven You Came, Helpless Babe.
Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you are loving the world. Your love transforms the world. Your love transforms us and makes us inhabitants of God's kingdom. Help us to listen to you and make us agents of change. Amen. Today we have a very deep, compelling, intense passage. A vast number of theologians have written about it, and it seems that almost every verse itself could lead to a sermon. The story today could be set in a theater. Tension, drama, we caught up in it on the edge of our seats. A play we could watch over and over again and discover something new and exciting every time. So let us take a seat in the theater. The play is already going on for a while. Maybe we are just back from the pause, from the interval. The curtain is opening. In this scene, the first actors entering the stage are the Greeks, who come for the festival of Passover. We can assume that they had at least an interest in the Jewish religion and that they heard about Jesus. They were eager to meet him, to ask him questions. Then, there in the middle of a bigger crowd, we have the disciples. Admittingly, they only play a bit part in the scene. They are just the messengers. Jesus seems to be the main actor. I can imagine him in the middle of the stage. Whoa, what a presence. He's capturing my attention. What Jesus is saying is so rich, so authentic. And there's not only one voice. From somewhere, there's a sound like thunder and like angels, which seems to be in close dialogue with Jesus, which seems to be one with Jesus. Jesus says, this is a father. Strange enough, Jesus talks about someone who's not on stage. He talks about the prince of the world who will be driven out. But where is this prince? Complexity. Questions. And I'm wondering, who is Jesus addressing with this all? The Greek? The disciples? The crowd? Is Jesus addressing these anyone? These all the people he mentions? Who are these who, are who love their lives and will lose it? Who are those who hate their lives and keep it? And who are those who will be drawn to him? Is Jesus addressing us? Me? In the audience? I need to pay close attention when the plot is developing, and for that I need to recall what happened in the previous scenes. The first scene of our play was very poetic, with a great and glorious stage setting. We saw how all was made through God's word, and we heard about the light, the light that God sent into the world to shine into the darkness. Somehow, already in this first scene, we got the strong impression that there is op opposition against this light. But it is not clear who is resisting and why. Are we part of this resistance? Just before the curtain closed on this scene, John the Baptist enters the stage and testifies that Jesus is the light.
The next scenes were great. In first instance, we enjoyed how the plot was developing. Jesus gathered friends who he called disciples. They followed him. They traveled through Israel, and when they met people, Jesus was preaching. Jesus told them the good news that God is coming to transform the world into his kingdom. And Jesus great did, did great deeds. He healed the sick, he fed the hungry, and even more, Jesus forgave sin and brought Lazarus back from death into life. All nice, all joy. But no, that would be too simple. Jesus' teaching, Jesus' solidarity with the poor and the outsiders, Jesus' challenge of the established authorities and structures was not well received by all. It is disturbing for those who Jesus asked to change their comfortable way of living, to share with others, and to be compassionate. It is threatening for those who are in power because Jesus undermined their legitimacy. It is confusing, to say the least, for those who thought they know all about God and God's plan, and now their wisdom vanish. Each scene closes with Jesus declaring that his hour has not come yet. I'm wondering, what does it mean? Where will all this lead to? And now, after the pause, we are back in our scene. Jesus, said, Jesus just said his hour had come. Something has changed. I'm not in the audience anymore. I became part of the crowd. Or am I one of the Greeks? My full intention is on Jesus. He seems to be talking to me. Directly, he wants to make something clear. He's announcing something dramatic. Jesus is talking about a kernel of wheat that falls into the ground and dies and produces many seeds. He said that the prince of the world will be driven out and that he will be lifted up from the earth. Jesus is talking about his death. That his death will be the fundamental change. It will change everything. And then the curtain closes for today. I'm eager to learn more about this dramatic fundamental change. Clearly, the play will go on next week and the week after, through the Holy Week. But for the moment, I leave the theater and I'm back on the street. I know, some would say this is a nice theater play, but no, now back on the street, we are confronted with a hard reality and that is different. Is it? Are we not longing for fundamental change? We are all impacted by the corona crisis. How will we come out of it? How will, we, how will our lives look like? Or better, how do we want our lives to look like? Is there something we have to learn from the crisis? Something we want to do different, better? There will be the climate summit in Glasgow later this year. We hear a lot about the impact of climate change on countries and people. What does it mean for us? What do we need to change to maintain an inhabitable world for our children and their children? We see some of our churches empty, many struggling, not only because of the corona crisis. Christianity is declining in Scotland. How can we spread the gospel into our communities? How can we contribute to the growth of the kingdom of God in this world? 
We know that fundamental change is urgently required, and we see the struggle of politicians, scientists, community leaders, families, and ourselves. How can we discern what is needed and then do it? Suddenly, our story today is not a theater play anymore. It is not something we can just watch and walk away. Our world today, with all its needs for fundamental change, is a living stage, and we are not an audience, but we are the actors. Therefore, we celebrate Easter. With Jesus' suffering, his cruel death on the cross, and his resurrection, something new has begun. We believe the tomb was empty. We believe that he, Jesus, lives among us. The powers of the prince of the world have not the final saying anymore in the hard reality of the play of our world. Jesus is drawing us to him. He's calling us to follow him, to follow his guidance. Let us be inspired by Jesus' life and example to write our own scripts for our lives. Let us join the reality of God's kingdom changing our hard reality today. God started his fundamental change of the world and us at Eastern. Amen. Thank you to Thorsten for his words this morning. At this point in the service, we normally uplift the offering. You, continue, you can continue to support the life and work of the church by giving on the website using our weekly offering tab or by setting up a standing offer. Details are on the finance tab. Or you can put your weekly free will offering envelopes in at the food bank on a Tuesday. Thank you for your continued support for the life and work of the church. Let us come before God in prayer. Let us pray. God of life, God of love, God of peace, we thank you for all that you have given us, the gift of your Son, Jesus, who gave his life that we might live. We offer our gifts of time, talents, and money. May they be used to spread the news of resurrection to all the ends of the earth. May they be a sign of all that we offer. Take each one of us and use us to be your servants. Lord of all, we come to you. Lord of all, our Saviour, be. Come to bless and to heal with the light of your love. Lord, there are so many people and situations that need the light of your love today, that need the peace you offer. We pray that the light of your love would shine into the darkest places, places where violence, hate, and abuse have free reign over people. Lord, may your peace be upon them. We pray that the light of your love would shine into the hearts of all who are lonely, bereaved, or ill, who are suffering and afraid. Lord, may your peace be upon them. We pray that the light of your love 
would shine into the minds of all who have power and authority, all who lead in government or other institutions. Lord, may your peace be upon them. We pray that the light of your love would shine into the souls of all who have yet to discover the risen Christ, of all who are seeking a higher power. Lord, may your peace be upon them. We pray that the light of your love would shine into the lives of all people in the world, the youth and the elder, the able and the less able, the believer and the doubter, the seen and the unseen. Lord, may your peace be upon them. All these prayers we bring in Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Our final hymn, 200, Christ has made the sure foundation.
Go from here into the world to love and serve the Lord. And as you go, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with you all forevermore.